Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's Friday, May 5th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, it's Cinco de Mayo. I'm expecting a full mariachi band in the uh, in the clubhouse today when we get there for uh, for pregame, right? Right, and there'll be uh, you know a case of Corona in the press box. Yeah, I mean, that would be nice, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, at least uh, some limes, at least. Yeah, there you go. We can we can do something like that. But uh, certainly uh, on the heels of Star Wars Day, which was just an overwhelming success on yesterday's podcast, <laughs> I figured I might as well mention that it's at least Cinco de Mayo. I don't. I don't know if that's going to help the uh, the Guardians' offense, which is uh, is really struggling right now. Uh, Seventeen home runs we're looking at is the, the the fewest in all of baseball, uh, lowest slugging percentage in baseball. This is a team that's that's not only uh, you know struggling to to hit home runs, but just to to you know look like they're creating runs and getting runs on base. And this was a, a club that was among the leaders in stolen bases and was really putting pressure on defenses, uh, you know, earlier in the season. And now uh, you're not seeing much of that. Yeah. What's the old saying, Joe, you can't steal first base. And, uh, <laughs> and even when they do, I mean, even when they do reach base, you know, it is like, uh, it's a struggle to watch them try to score runs in the first inning, you know, Wednesday in, in New York, they sent seven guys to the plate and scored two runs, you know, and, and that was it until the uh, until the ninth inning. Uh, they never scored again. So, um, you know, this they're in a funk right now and they've got to find their way out of it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's not just a matter of, of getting enough hits. It's a matter of getting those big hits and the, the ones where, you know, there's two outs and runners on the corners and they, they need to get that run in and get that third run of the inning in. And, and they're just not coming through. Uh, uh, guys like Andres Jimenez and, uh, you know, are, are, are struggling lower down in that, that middle to lower part of the uh, the batting order at this point. Uh, hopefully getting back to progressive field, getting in their more comfortable surroundings. And, you know, maybe if the weather cooperates, uh, things will start to improve. But but really, this is a it, it's a matter of the opponent coming in. The, the Minnesota Twins this weekend is the, is the team they're chasing in first place. Yeah, they're down three and a half games. You know, um, you know, in the first week of May, Joe, the Twins are 18 and 14. Guardians are 14 and 17. Twins, um, you know, playing uh, decent baseball, six and four in their last 10. Uh, they avoided getting swept by the White Sox last night with a 12 inning win. Um, and, uh, you know, they're scoring runs. 
their run differentials, 127. I mean, I'm sorry, plus 27. They've scored 147 runs, given up 120, while the Guardians' are, uh, run differential is a minus 19. They've scored 116 and allowed 135. Yeah, you come out of that New York series, and and I think they only got outscored by maybe two runs in that whole uh, that whole three game series, and yet they they only win, you know, one game. It, it's tough to it, again, it's just tough to win if you don't score runs. Uh, and who are in in your mind, you know, one or two guys in the lineup who, you know, need to sort of change things up or change an approach or, or do something to to sort of get themselves on track. You know, I think Ahmed Rosario is a big part of this, Joe. He's been in swing mode. He was in swing mode that whole trip and through Boston and uh, and New York. He went four for 26 on the trip, 10 strikeouts. I mean, you, anything near the plate he was swinging at. And obviously, you know, we know he's that kind of player. We know we've seen him hot. When he, when he gets hot, he doesn't miss too much. So he's got he's got to get going. And maybe if the weather warms up, and he can he can you know he can start making contact, but right now he is doing a lot of swinging and missing, and that really hurts the top of their lineup. It's it's funny you, you say that. It's like it's like a jump shooter in not like a jump shooter in basketball where you know a, a shooter you just tell him keep shooting, keep shooting, you'll uh, it, it'll come back, you'll you'll get it. Uh, you know, in in baseball it, it, he's up there swinging at everything and the pitchers know that and they can take advantage of it. It's, it's not like you just keep swinging at pitches and eventually you'll, it'll, it'll work out. It's done that in the past for him, but, but right now, if he doesn't have an approach, if he doesn't see some pitches and, and know what he's getting, then it's going to be tough for him to break out of that. Uh, I have no doubt. I mean, this is a guy who can get hits in bunches. He can come up with four hit games, you know, like he's got the most in, in baseball since I, I think 20, uh, 19, but you got to wonder, uh, if, if somebody needs you to talk to him and, and say, you know, see some pitches, take some pitches, you know, it, it, in Cleveland, we're used to that number two spot in the order, taking a lot of pitches and seeing a lot of pitches. You go back to Omar Vizquel, who used to sit in that number two hole and he used to see more pitches than anybody and, and, and take, and, you know, he wasn't the kind of free swinger that, uh, that Ahmed Rosario is, but, uh, it's been, <laughs> It's been 20 years since they've had Omar in that spot, so uh, probably uh, you know time to time to you know change the approach. And the thing is, Joe, you know Quan is starting to uh, Stephen Quan is starting to you know heat up a little bit. He's reached base in 13 straight games. Uh, you know he's he's walking, he's stealing bases, so he's you know he's starting to uh, find it a little bit in that stretch. He's hitting 296, you know 16 for 54, and the guy behind. Uh, uh, Rosario, uh, Jose Ramirez has hit sif- safely in 15 of his last 20 games. So, you know, the top of the line lineup is starting to cook a little bit, but you've got to get Rosario going to link the, you know, the leadoff hitter and the third, third place hitter. Yeah. There's nothing more frustrating than Quan getting a base hit to lead off. And then Rosario getting up and immediately grounding into a double play, which has happened probably a lot more than, uh, you know, we, we would care to see. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, the top of the order needs to get it going and that really does key, uh, the rest of, of things. Um, the guardians did make a move, uh, during the off day, they sent Zach Plesak down to AAA. Uh, he will start, uh, probably start one of the games of the doubleheader on Saturday for the Clippers. Uh, this is a move that 
I think we we pretty much anticipated if they were going to stick with Peyton Battenfield in the rotation for now uh, that you were going to see Zach Plesac, uh either you know traded uh, you know released or or sent down. I did have the other uh, one minor league option left. Uh, what's the message to Zach Plesac if you if you bring him into that office and you tell him, hey, we're sending you down? What do you what do you tell him? What how do you try to get him through this when you know that you know emotion plays such a huge part in in what he does out there on the field and and you're trying to manage that uh moving forward well i think he saw this coming joe i mean uh you know you'd have to be blind not to see it coming you know he saw these young guys coming up uh logan allen and, and tanner Beebe. he knew he knew and he knew you know um uh, mckenzie and and uh savali were on the 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 injured list you know and you you kind of count heads you know you, i could tell in boston you know that last game in boston something he knew that something was up you know he was one of the last guys out of the clubhouse uh and uh, so i don't know what you tell him it's 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 an interesting you know this is where francona and and chris antonetti and mike chernoff you know are really good at it they've really got to kind of lay their cards on the table i think you know they've been through what's this is zach's Third, third full season in the big leagues, you know, they're paying him a lot of money, you know, uh, you know, in, in Cleveland terms. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, you know, one, we've got to ask ourselves a couple questions. One, do they still want him in the organization? Do they think he's, you know, he's a redeemable, you know, starter or, or are they going to try to trade him? And I think uh, either one of those, they'd be pretty upfront with that. Or do they, you know, do they want to change his role? Do they want to maybe move him to the bullpen? Or will, are they sending him down there with the specific idea of, okay, this is what you got to do. We, we you, you know, he's, he's always searching for velocity and he's just, he doesn't throw that hard, Joe. I mean, he's, you know, he's average major league fastball, but it's not like he's going to throw 95, 96, 97. I think he's got to, uh, you know, kind of come to terms with that you know, and find a way to get hitters out and uh, get deep into games. We've seen him do it before, but, you know, he's just kind of, it looks like he's hit a wall here. And uh, the interesting thing is, you know, he was part of the, uh, part of the, uh, the first transfusion of young starters in 2018 and 2019, when he came up, you know, from triple a and, you know, Kluber was hurt and, and Clevenger was hurt and Carrasco was sick, you know, and those guys were moving out. They were on, they were on their way out. Then all of a sudden Plesak and, and Savali and, and Bieber are here. And now, you know, he's kind of getting, he's, he's either going to get shoved out the door with this new wave, or he's going to have to, uh, you know, kind of change it, ch- change his approach or find something that works and, and fight his way back into the rotation. Yeah, uh, that's that's really sort of the the thing. Do you think there are other teams that look at this move and say, you know, there 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 might be a, an opportunity to bring him in, or would want to reach out and, and see if they're if, if moving him down makes him an, an attractive piece? I mean, there've got to be teams in the in the division or outside the division that that see Zach Plesak as maybe somebody they could bring in and try to work with and, and give them depth as a, as a starter if, if the Guardians decide to move on from him. Oh, yeah, I think so, Joe. They're probably waiting to see, you know, can they get him for nothing? Can they get him just for, for you know, a, you know a, a waiver price? If they're going to designate him for assignment, you know, or maybe they can make a deal, a cash deal. I think they're probably waiting to see just what, 
the final plans are that Cleveland has for for Plesak. And, uh, you know, then they go from there. But there's always somebody out there, you know, somebody that scouted them in college that somebody feels, some organization feels, okay, if we just make this adjustment or that adjustment with them, you know, we're, we're going to bring him back to where he was or he's going to be a new kind of pitcher. You know, I think there's always a team that thinks they can do it a little better than his former team. But, uh, you know, Plesak really hasn't, has he jumped out to you, at you, Joe? Has he, has he given you any indication that, that, you know, he's that guy, that he can be a, a middle of the rotation starter? I, I, we haven't seen that from him for, for a long time. Yeah, not since probably that, uh, that, that 2019 season, um, and, and really maybe a little bit in, in 2021, but, uh, you're right. He he just hasn't had that consistency that you look for in in one of those pieces, and and that's what you you really want. Uh, you know, maybe he finds that in a, in a different uh, role in a different team. Uh, I don't know. He he does bring a lot to. He he's got a really good changeup. He's got a really good curveball. Like you said, the fastball doesn't really jump off the page at you, but he knows how to pitch to guys. He knows how to get batters out at the major league level. He can do that. It's just. You know, there's there's always like that one one beginning that derails him or, you know, something that he can't overcome in air, an air behind him and the wheels fall off the cart. Uh, he's an excellent defender. I think he's a guy who, who could win a gold glove one day if he ever, you know, made 30 starts in a season and, and played consistently. It's just there, there's a lot to like about him. But again, there's there's as, as many issues and problems and holes. And you've got guys behind him now who you can sort of plug in and see how they do. And, and Tanner Bybee and, and Logan Allen are, are here and they're not going anywhere. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's the kind of the thing, you know, that people, I think, uh, you know, from the outside looking in, they think, you know, once you're, once a player's in the big leagues, he's in the big leagues. And uh, it's not the case because there's always somebody, you know, knocking on the door, staring over your shoulder, trying to take your job. And if you forget about that, if you let your guard down, you know, you, you can be uh, you can be on the way to AAA before you know it. And, you know, this is, you know, this is kind of a, an unusual move for Cleveland. I mean, the police act, what, has three years, over three years service time in the big leagues. He kind of was an established guy in the rotation. And uh, now now he's now he's in AAA. And uh, that's a message to everybody else in that clubhouse. But especially to the to the guys in the rotation, the guys like you know Savali and uh, and and uh, Quantrill, and even I guess even Bieber, you know, who's kind of you know he's only got two years left. But Bieber's not going anywhere. Obviously, he's pitching great. But but you know it it kind of you know it, it lets every those twenty six guys know in the clubhouse that unless you're playing great, you're not. Everyone is uh, replaceable. Yeah, Bieber's not going anywhere immediately, but don't don't say that Bieber's not going yeah, anywhere. Because, yeah, that's true. You know, that's that that's coming as well. So, uh, again, uh, you know, we we can talk all day about Zach Plesac and and the move. Uh, Peyton Battenfield is here. He's going to start against uh, Bailey Ober in the opener of this twin series. Uh, this is a big series for. Well, actually, before we talk about the twin series, uh, I just want to mention. The, the likely move uh, to replace Plesek on the 26-man active roster is going to be Sam Hentges. He, uh, he's going to be back, and he's going to lengthen out that bullpen a little bit uh, and give Francona what he's been missing, hopefully, uh, over the last couple of weeks here. Uh, you know, no real uh, lefty out there uh, for him, but also just somebody who, at the, the end of last season, was pitching high-leverage innings and getting big outs for this club. 
Yeah, they need somebody. They need a. De- they definitely need a lefty, Joe, and not just any lefty. They need a Henkes. I mean, he's he's a guy that came in and showed he could get left-handers and right-handers out. But yeah, they need a matchup lefty, and they they haven't had one since. Well, they haven't had one since they sent Heron down. Yeah, and you know Heron had his own issues to to work out. Uh, even though we you know we saw flashes of what they hope Heron could be. If you could double that, that would be great and have Heron and Henches in the bullpen at the same time. But, uh, you know, it might be uh, a little while before Heron works things out. Uh, and if he follows the same, uh, you know, trajectory and the same path that Henches did his first uh, season up and down, you know, uh, you know, it, it could be a little while before we get there. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot to like with, with Heron as well. Uh, all right, previewing the Twins. The, the Twins come into town uh, for this three-game series. And, uh, you know, they pulled one out in extra innings, against Chicago yesterday, uh, they, they are hitting home runs. They're doing something the Guardians are not doing. Uh, they're one of the best home run hitting teams in, in baseball right now. There's, they've hit in 16 straight games. They've hit a home run. Uh, the Guardians have uh, 17 total home runs. So uh, what do the Guardians need to do uh, against these twins to, to, to come out with a, a win in this series? Yeah, Joe, it's going to be interesting because, you know, they're starting two rookies against the Twins. Battenfield's going tonight, then Logan Allen is going uh, Saturday, and then you get Quantrill on Sunday. And how are how are the uh, these these uh, young guys, Battenfield and, and Allen, going to face this uh, Minnesota lineup, a lineup that, you know, has, you know, really kind of, you know, for what, the last two or three years has really hit the ball out of the park. They've, they've shown a lot of power. And uh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a test for them. I mean, I think, you know, Allen, we've seen him. He's been on a regular, you know, turn. So, you know, got some confidence in that. Battenfield hasn't pitched since, hasn't started, I should say, since April 25th. He did make that relief appearance Sunday against uh, against Boston. Yeah. And, you know, just uh, getting a feel for what they can give you as tooth again, uh, you know, a third of the rotation, or I'm sorry, uh, three, three fifths of the rotation now, I'm, I'm math, holy cow, <laughs> uh, three fifths of the rotation now, uh, rookie pitchers. I think that's, you're gonna, it's, it's going to tax your bullpen as well. So they have to be aware of that. And, uh, you know, these guys aren't ready to go six, seven innings They're If they get to that fifth inning, get into that sixth inning, that's a good outing for them. So, uh, you know, it means your your bullpen's going to pitch more innings, and they've already pitched the most innings in baseball. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, we're we're looking ahead here uh, again. These the Twins, and uh, they they came off of the series against the White Sox. Uh, the the White Sox, you know, looked pretty good. They they beat them twice there in in Chicago. Or the White Sox maybe after making a bunch of uh, Roster moves at the beginning of that series looking to to turn things around as well. Yeah, they certainly need to, Joe. I mean, maybe you know, bring it, playing uh, the first place team in their division probably you know kind of woke those bats up, woke that clubhouse up. Uh, they need uh, they need to uh, win some games, Joe, or they're going to lose contact with the first two teams in this division. So you know, I'm sure that's on their mind. Uh, you got a rookie manager in there. I'm sure he's uh, you know he he's managing to save his job as well. So it's going to be. Uh, so it's you know so and and I think it would be great for the division to have you know to have really you know a three or four team race you know Detroit's playing better 
so, you know, there might be some hope for the AL Central here yet. Yeah, a couple of teams that could could uh, turn it around and, you know, maybe we get two teams in the playoffs from the division. Who knows? Uh, all right, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll be back with you on Monday, and we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.